beard, 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 beard. The Sunday Skypers. Burning beards. I will encourage everyone to have a look at their beliefs and see if there's something that they want to amend or change or uh, tweak. It will get one of those human war dog puppies. <laughs> I'm sorry, he wants one. <laughs> For protection of a uh, person, anything else, but. <laughs> uh, no dwarven greed involved at all, right? Uh, well, maybe just a little bit. Okay, a lot of it. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if it's a belief or an action statement. Maybe you believe you'll have action. Well, it, it basically is, I will bring together the three apprentices, Rory, Bear, and Atherbald, the, the feisty apprentice, and offer them Nogger apprenticeships. Why, well, it's just a specialized brewer, so... No, I mean, still, I was imagine. No, I mean, think about it, though. Bre- okay, <laughs> beer, beer brewing is one thing, but Nogging, Primitive said, it's more along of, of a religious calling than anything else. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But I just remembered, since, like, the session before last, I think you offered Bear uh, to be a partner in some some kind of guild, right? So yes. this is kind of already in play. With her, yes. Yeah. Do you want to bring the others in as well? That's what you're saying, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the fine information on the family for Flint is, is still part of the belief, right? It's just that you yeah, yeah. it down, right? Okay. Yeah. There's a comma there. Okay, and and you're happy with uh, your stuff, Slate? Yep. Maybe you need to arrange some accidents so you can, like, prove that you're as good or better at stone bones. <laughs> well, I do have extortion. I mean, right now it's just sitting there like, uh, well, I want to do this, but how would you do it? Uh, Fandra acts out his belief. Uh, you'll have plenty of practice. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, on who? Well, it seems like the war dog thing is the the most immediate right now. Uh, all right. Well, I, I guess I guess we'll we'll uh, leap back into the hellish hall, the hellish throne room, um, with its cracks and cracked mirror polished marble pillars and all that stuff, and and uh, you know the the cracks with the the unaccustomed, strange underflow of red with its fumes and like definitely a fixer upper. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and we had the, the three, well, three of the dwarves anyway, not the, the three of the dwarves, facing uh, Lord Rom, the, the leader slash prophet of, of the serpent people, right, taking possession of Scoria, who's presently sitting on the dragon throne in the middle of the, the big dragon skull. And we have uh, Bregor the Watchman, who's standing to a side, mortally terrified. And we had had an exchange between the prince and... Lord Rom about legitimacy and who's the ruler of this sandbox, and um, we we'd hit a uh, an impasse of some kind. Like we were about to like go to some. It was time to uh, to go to dice, I think. Yeah, one way or another. One way, yeah. I may have a little wrench for that, but we'll see. Yeah, we're, okay, so we're back in the it's it's sort of reddish and and uh, fiery esque and oh right, um, the uh, Lord Ram is this kind of Mola Ram ish character, shaven head. He has robes, but one like side is bare, like his his right arm and shoulder is bare. But in contrast to the other like uh, humans here, he's 
ashen and pale instead of swarthy. And, you know, he looks seriously ill, like he's sweating and so forth, but he also has this uncanny, unnerving presence. It is like the, like heat waves coming out of his mouth when he speaks, like he's burning up in a spiritual sense or in a sort of weird magical sense, right, inside. Um, I imagine he's played by Raw Julia. Who's that? Just because of the eyes. Uh, he's the actor who played Bison in the Street Fighter movies. Oh, I'll have to uh, look that up. <laughs> he, he's got really his, his eyes really stand out. Yeah, he's right. got a, a, a long face. You know, just but to just shave his head instead of put him in in the uh, you know Bison hat. <laughs> yeah, I think you enter into that tension where something is about to happen that one or both sides are going to regret. Yeah, it's so thick you can cut it with an axe. <laughs> And then there is a banging down, way down the stairs, because this room, for everyone who doesn't remember, is kind of a stair up, and then there's a platform, and a stair up, and a platform, and a stair up, and a platform, and, until you reach the throne platform, the final platform, so so whoever rules can look down upon the masses that come to petition. The people have to wait, go up a step and have to wait. Uh, so way back down by the ridiculously oversized gates, there's there's a banging. Gregor jumps. Like he expected something far worse to happen. And um, there's a call from downstairs that's e- that echoes up in the hall of, of a, like a servant of some kind that says, uh, Great Lord Rom, uh, uh, you, you have new visitors, dwarves from the northern tunnels. What should we do with them? The leader wishes to speak. He, he had this expression of, of, of waiting for something to happen so he could relish in something cruel. <laughs> but then he that sort of melts away and he looks suspicious and he, na- he sort of eyes Fandral in a narrow way as if he's thinking like, okay, is this some um, ploy or like plan of this dwarf? And th- then he calls out, I'm weary of um, petitioners for today. Take those dwarves and put them in uh, it's me looking for words, not Molaram, not Molaram, he got Lordram. <laughs> quarter them, right? No, and not quarter them as in quarter them, but, you know, give them quarterings. There we go. <laughs> we don't want you to misunderstand so, this. <laughs> this is a small misunderstanding. We didn't mean to sacrifice you. <laughs> Yet. Give them quartering. And he uh, looks over to you three and he says, you. If you have further words to spew, then you can do so tomorrow. This is over. Oh, this is a real cheat. <laughs> you don't have to listen to him. You're the you're the the MF and Prince of Marl, right? It's been a very long time, and I've come a long way. We will settle this now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, these two are really cast from the same mold. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Stubborn much? <laughs> okay, you can see he's considering something. Uh, is anyone else doing anything? Am I even Just, there? <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry. There's only really Flint there. Okay. I, I'm trying to do the 360i thing. Because <laughs> I don't know where trouble's coming from, but it's coming. <laughs> Okay, you're not stopping anyone. You're not doing it. Oh, oh, no, no, no. The, the, this is Prince's uh, budding heads. It is not the game for Flint to play. All right. In that case, Rom rises again from, from the throne, and he reaches back behind it, and he pulls out this long axe that looks like a, 
one of those Persian or, or Indian uh, axes that with a blade that bends back upon itself and sort of makes a head uh, on top of the axe head. And it's usually like an antelope, and 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 the horns of the antelope become the like the, like the back spike of the axe. Uh, except this is not an, like an antelope or anything. It's like this steel crescent uh, that bends back into a dragon's head, and the dragon's sort of stylized horns become the sort of back spikes. And they're all like like these gold filigree um, flames going on the inside of the blade and down. It seems to be made entirely of metal. He smiles thinly at Fandral and says, come at me then. So we're not doodle blitz, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his usual mode, but, you know. <laughs> All right, and uh, Fandral will take out his axe and say, and let this be between us. If you should win, let my company go back tomorrow. The nod in agreement? Or? Oh, um, he nods. Then I'll tell Flint that if things go badly... Get everybody back to tomorrow. I. <laughs> okay, Flint, are you are you fine with this? I mean, you're supposed to have his back. Are you? What are you doing? I'm not particularly amused by this, uh, <laughs> but at the same point, he's kind of giving me an order to back off and be Plan B. <laughs> so I I will pull my axe out and be on the ready, but I will not. Move to his side. Uh, if anything, uh, I'll act like a second and uh, make sure that uh, Unferth doesn't uh, be irrational either. Yeah, he's stand down. This is a uh, a duel between powers greater than us. Uh, oh, right. Uh, so Unferth is like he's snarling to you, sort of under his breath, like we shouldn't let this happen. What if he closes? We can't gamble the entirety of Scoria on this. One duel. What is to say the human will is good for his work? If he's not, then we cut him down. She looks less than excited about that prospect. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let, let's go to a duel. Um, oh, I, I'll say that in the Manish tongue, by the way. Uh, I, I'm not. That's not a secret conversation. That's showing oh, respect. Okay, okay. That's that's totally not what. What on earth was doing, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it wasn't what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think for the sake of brevity, we should make this like a bloody versus. Okay. Otherwise, uh, I think it'll be a bit much. On the bright side, I, I don't think uh, the good lord is totally armored up, is he? Uh, no. Oh. Fact, he, he is only, he, he has these fairly thin uh, double robes on, red and black. One under uh, the other. I notice red and black is kind of a theme. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Soot and fire. So, if, if you appear to be done, then he walks slowly toward you, and he's sort of gauging your stance and what you're doing. I give him nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to set up throwing in some intimidation, I'll say something. Uh, the last time I used this dwarven axe on a human, it was like a knife through butter. <laughs> hey, why, why don't we do that? Let's see if you can make him hesitate. Uh, so grab your intimidation dice, and I'm going to grab his stats. We haven't actually used intimidation much as it's usually intended. <laughs> so this is interesting. Successful 
add extra successes to the... Oh, okay, okay, okay. It makes him make a steel test, I see. And that adds to his hesitation obstacle. Cool. Okay, so what's my obstacle? Your obstacle is six. For this, we'll just use a routine greed. Totally appropriate. I'm just trying to imagine the, the greed component here. It's like, nice axe. It'll look good on my trophy case. <laughs> it's human made. I mean, it's pretty, but that's it. Well, it is probably as tall as uh, uh, the prince. <laughs> so that gave me 10 dice, and uh, yeah, we'll just Excellent. start out with that. We'll give him a chance. <laughs> Ooh, that's All right. awful. Oh, Fortunately, I have a call on trait with my baleful stare. Yes, you do. Excellent. So I can reroll all my traders here, which is a lot of them, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. <laughs> Excellent. And don't forget your six. Oh, wait. Uh, this is not open ended by default, but that's a possibility. Oh, man. This is the oh, worst wow. dice roll. Wow, that's cruel. Ever. That's so cruel. You, you still have, you, you could open the six, right? Yeah, I guess. Might as well. Yeah, that's only five successes on my Intimidate. All right, so he just sneers. It's like it wasn't even... <laughs> it just went below everything, like, really. <laughs> I've heard worse threats from my mother. <laughs> you can believe that. <laughs> we'll spend a deed to double the axe. All right, cool. Don't forget to record the deed on the axe skill. Yeah, I'm gonna, my greed's going to be going up here because I'm going to get the full six dice. Ah, <laughs> nice. Okay. Start telling me how we do this again because mine. For a bloody versus, you take your axe skill, and then we start to tag up bonuses and, and so forth and, and forks. So it's your axe skill. Alas, you don't have a longer weapon. You do have versus armor on your weapon, so that's good. So that's an extra die. I should look at your stats, actually, because uh, you, may, you may get more than one extra die. I imagine it's a nicely crafted axe. Absolutely. Don't forget to add the, like, wielding bonus. Uh, if I, I just have to kibitz in here. There's a possibility to, of a home court advantage since you grew up here. How do you, like, take advantage of terrain or try to position myself so that uh, he'll uh, have to get on the uneven cracked... Uh, I'd say if you have a higher, like, stride or if you have higher reflexes than he does, that would be, like, a bonus that, that would add into it, right? Or if you have a skill, like, say, if you were fighting in a tunnel and you have tunnel-wise, you could fork in that. I don't know if this would be an, an environment that would clearly be in your favor, right? It's, it's um, If you want to work in, like, pushing him toward cracks and so forth, then, then fork in brawling. Don't have it. Don't have uh, He's a prince. He's he's a prince. <laughs> he doesn't brawl in the street. <laughs> you guys better take some lessons from, from Old Kill. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're too, you fight too honorably. <laughs> uh, you, you don't have a shield, right? No. But you do have a, a Rolls Royce of arms. A strategy. I could uh, figure out where to position myself most effectively against this guy. I'll, I'll totally let you fork in that. All right. Yeah, big axe requires a big space to swing. It's not that big. I mean, it's bigger than yours, but it's appropriate for him. It's not like a big, huge, like, halberd. It's it's, uh, it's a matter of perspective. Yes, yes. <laughs> for you, it might be a footman's axe, like something that goes up to your nose. Okay, he has longer stride, but I think you have higher reflexes, so uh, 
Or maybe you don't. Okay, you're at the same. I think you have more forks than he does. And you have, you should get uh, four dice for your armor. Right here. Here we go. Okay. Versus armor one. So you get one die for the axe. Uh, oh, two dice for the axe. One for balance and one for being a good cutter. And you get four dice for your armor, your forks, however many. And you add all that together to one pool on top of your axe uh, skill, and then you divide the axe skill between attack and defense. I'm going to do the same. And I'm spending two more persona on top of my greed persona. Uh, cool. That makes three, so that's fine. I guess I should just ask, matter of fact, like, if these guys both go full offense, can they end up killing each other? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, they could. Huh. Absolutely, they could. And then you really need uh, Slate. <laughs> so I think he's dead already. <laughs> well, you take a mortal wound, so it will be more dramatically appropriate to have him be, like, really badly wounded, right, and maybe bleeding out and so forth. And it wouldn't be too much fun to behead the prince at this point when I've just introduced other dwarves that, that you know, <laughs> possibly have an agenda. Yeah, there's a good chance we're going to have to go have unfurthed <laughs> get slate now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility, yeah. So do I get to know what I'm up against before I... Yes, uh, I'm, I'm factoring all of it so you can you can make an, a determination if you want to, like, change anything. Well, he's not supposed to be easy, so... But at least he doesn't have armor. That's good for you. Yeah. Uh, longer stride. Yes, okay. That's one. Freakishly long legs. <laughs> yes. He's, he's at 14 dice. 14 X dice with all the, like, bonuses and so forth. Uh, and I think I'm just gonna split them into 8 attack, 6 defense. Then maybe I'll go 12 attack, 15 defense. <laughs> Holy cats! Well, of course, then the way you've been rolling ones, you kind of need that. <laughs> there won't be any need for Slate. He'll be dead. <laughs> so, uh, what, would you want me to roll first, and I'll, I'll do that? Sure. So, eight attack, and we have. Here's my defense. Oh, cool! <sighs> Excellent. Well, I'll spend fate so I can. I guess I tied him. Do I need to? What's the tie mean? Tie for attack. And defense means uh, he doesn't hurt you. So I don't have to spend any then. You don't have to spend anything. All right. You you blunt his attack. My attack, I guess. And I'll spend fate. Awesome. Sixes. Four sixes. That's excellent. Ah, only one Not more. One. Yeah. See what he does for defense then. Oh, I'm going to spend a fate. Well, sixes. And uh, three. <laughs> so three how, uh, against however many successes you have on your attack, which should be... Seven. Seven. So four. Four uh, attack successes go through. Let's determine the, the extent of his injury first, and then I'll like describe how he goes about this stuff. So four, I don't think it's a superb hit, but it's, it's definitely a mark, and that's bad enough. You don't want to be hit with a mark. A mark is like eight for you, right? B8? Yeah, B4, B8, B12. So a, B, a, a black eight hit. And now I regret giving him gray shade stuff, because I'm going to have to look that up. Splitting it. That's not an entirely heroic mortal wound, so... Uh, so it's a light wound, because he's a bastard. So what happens is he sweeps in, he blasts you with some rhythmic, deep-throated... Oh, it almost sounds like a prayer, and it rolls over you in, in like, heat, like fire, but it's not physical fire, what it feels like, and he comes in swinging and 
crushing and you know he uses every part of the axe the butt the haft it's all metal right so uh you know he parries whatever he can and really really drives for you like but but you blunt his every attack so how do you how do you like sidestep or deflect because he brings it down like it's a hammer of a god brings up the uh haft of the, the axe with both hands to knock that aside and steps underneath his uh lanky human <laughs> swing cuts into him. Yeah, son of a bitch, I met your mother on the way in. I think her name was Madra. <laughs> did you fork in intimidation? I didn't. All right. Since I, I tried that. <laughs> Flavor. That's fine. <laughs> That's instinct. He always talks in combat. Oh, right, right, right. I keep forgetting that. Man, I should, gi- I, I should give you, like, increased obstacles every now and then for that. <laughs> You're busy coming up with stuff to say. <laughs> Okay, so you have an, uh, like, a, an incredibly violent exchange, right? He's just trying to cut you in half, and you're evading, and, and at last, like, you, you leap in, and, and, um, it could be any kind of light wound. You, you know, you could graze his ribs, you could, uh, like, chop his arm or something, or a leg, whatever you want. Uh, but it's not a serious, like, serious, serious wound. But you go at it for a while, like, a solid minute of this stuff. And his axe is just chipping the the stone. It's biting into the stone. It's it's a show. People who are watching and and Bregor <laughs> is is like on his knees, quaking. And, and I think Unforth is like squeezing Flint's arm, like like he's almost t- trying to tear it off. <laughs> it's that like <gasps> not the axe arm. Uh, no, <laughs> not the axon. But finally, Rom staggers back, and you know you can see that he's he he was sweating before, but now he's clearly over like overheating, and he's just Simon gasping. <laughs> yeah, he falls back like with one arm on the throne, and the axe is like he he tries to lift the axe, but he's he's just powerless. He he, he doesn't have any energy left, and he's just panting. And uh, yeah, you can see he's done for even though his wound is really slight. Do we go at it again, or...? Uh, no, uh, you won. Right? He, didn't, he didn't hurt you at all. You hurt him, so you get, you know, your intent. He, you won the fight, right? He's done. If you wanted to, you could just go up and chop his head off. He has no energy left at all. You know, I'm in the middle of this fight. This guy chose this path. That's it. He's gone. All right. I'm, I'm the guy got my greed on. <laughs> He's on your throne. <laughs> and I've seen what his people have done to the throne room and score yet. I mean, the mountain itself is writhing against them. Oh, yeah. I'm not letting him continue. Flint, uh, Bregor, when he sees that uh, Thandral looks to be moving upon the, the his overlord, right, with, with intent to harm, he... Screams a no and scrambles up from the floor, hurtling at Andal. Oh, no, no. We're going to, like, sweep his feet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to stop him? Sure. Okay. Lethally, non-lethally. How, would, how do you want to handle it? Uh, as efficiently as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget you have power, right? That you could, you could just wrestle him if you want to. But I think you have more axe dice. They're actually both five. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll just tackle him. Because... All I really need to do is slow him down. Yeah. Should give him a good tackle. Let's see. I, I, I just jump Get on him. Like, this, this, this is a matter not between mere mortals. Would you like to fork in intimidation? 
Of course. <laughs> it's something I actually can do. Yeah, so that's six dice then. Right. versus Tessie is going to roll his five power dice. Well, that's not the result I wanted. It showed you rolled a four, a five, and a six. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, cool. We'll take that. Yeah. So, uh, okay, depending on what he rolls, you, you may want to explode that six. He has two successes against ah. for three, so uh, that means you, you do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him the good old dwarven face plan. Gr- grab, it, grab his legs and, and, and his forward <laughs> momentum from his top heavy frame. Yeah. And just carry him right down <laughs> into the steps. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's immobile on, uh, beneath you, right, as Pandal goes up to do what he wants to do with the... Uh, He'll step up and wow, take the head off. That's our way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, that is your way. <laughs> now, does he spout flames from his neck when he does that, or just blood? There's, like, a gout of hot air, but there, there's no, like, there's still blood. And the blood sort of bubbles on, on phantom steel. Breaker's just wailing like you, you know, like he's headed his rod. Away. Yes. Like, not only his rod, but, like, the pillar of his. Imagine a devout, like, Shinto follower who sees you behead the emperor right before before his eyes like it's that sort of he has to believe that the emperor is 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 like vested with the, the divinity of everything beyond him and and now you know you essentially cut away his sanity his his reason for being so he's just completely broken see the steam come out full of hot air like all these blowhard humans <laughs> You can hear Unferth sort of babbling behind you. What, what he's matter, not Unferth? quite, you know, he's not quite certain that he saw what he just saw. And <laughs> uh, there, there's some banging down below, as if like gates just shut. Uh, and with that, let's hop on over to some other dwarves. <laughs> as the shockwaves <laughs> ripple through the community. <laughs> well, you know, I think we should work our way outwards. Then she probably should go over, and we should visit Slate. So. When you first came into the, into like Scoria proper, right, Slate, you came into these, like the series of really huge natural ca- caverns that, wherein these great f- halls had been built, right? There are like beautiful thoroughfares and so forth. But of course, it's been abandoned for a century and a half. And only in the last decade has anyone lived here. And the humans don't know how to use the gas lights. They don't know or don't care to live as the dwarves do. They're completely different. They're, they're like, they have a martial style about them, just like Bregor, like you met. But it's a bit like, to you, it's a bit like seeing, seeing cavemen living in, in like a marble palace. You know, they, they paint themselves, but not as uh, crazily as, um, as the humans you have met previously, if you have, as the dwarves have met previously. They have like naked fires out in the street or in a, in braziers or, uh, or braziers. I can never remember how to pronounce that, so it's not a bra, but whatever. There are dogs here and there or like uh, lying in, in doorways, panting or watching. And there are like, uh, kids, barefoot kids in, in puffy trousers running around, men, women, and so forth. Once you approached the approach up to the throne room, the front hall, uh, you were stopped by a, like a, like a watch commander who insisted that, you know, you should disarm and so on and so forth. But you managed to, like, negotiate the prince and to, and Flint and, and Unferth went up to see, um, Lord Roth while you were carted off to, to a side. You, you've just been sort of ushered away by this, uh, gruff, 
watch Commander Gromus and like his little retinue. You're passing through some narrow, narrow earth streets where there are like kids running around and people are, are passing you and looking like, whoa, I haven't seen that many dwarves in like ever. Gromus has said that he's taking you to uh, like a quartering where you can sit and wait or have something to eat. But if you want to go and do your own thing, that might be interesting. I do, actually. Yeah? I'm going to go see about those dogs. Do you mind if anyone sees you go and see about those dogs? Dogs? Um, it's just asking around, so it's not like I'm doing anything suspicious. Okay, so you're still following the rest, you're just asking people on the way? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. How are you asking? Uh, well, first of all, I want to find out what they're called. What I'm asking is, who do you ask? Is it just anyone? Do you grab a kid? Do you uh, approach a woman? Do you, uh, and is it like just casual conversation, or are you trying to get them to tell you more than they would if you were like, is that a dog? Yes, it is. <laughs> I think I'm going to grab one of the guys just sitting around. Seems like they know, like, not doing anything. All right. Not many of those, but let's say there's an older guy. Um, or a woman. I mean, it could be either. Someone that's just sitting around not doing much. All right, well, well let's, let's do the geezer. <laughs> okay. I think he's sitting by, like, uh, one of the dogs, in fact, you know, just enjoying uh, a mug of something. It's, it appears to be water. He looks up at you when you're passing, like, whoa, that's surprising. All these dwarfs. Oh, like he's never seen a dwarf before. Uh, he probably has, but not that many, and not that armed. That that's clearly obvious because he he's, his eyes are like going from yeah, to your like armor and weapons and all that stuff. So, uh, so I'm I'm just like approaching him a little bit. All right, that's fine. I mean, you could just stop where, when when they pass by. I, well, I'm not going to say how you do it. Approach him. I don't know how dwarves say like good day in terms of body language, like they salute or something. I don't know. Probably slap someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do it the dwarven way then. Um, smile is best dwarfy smile. Good day there. <laughs> Trying to speak like a human. Probably All right. Well, uh, you have probably had some some commerce with the humans who trade with you, so it's mm-hmm. not impossible that you've learned like the language. All right. Yeah. He looks up and looks you over and says, "You don't look like the rest." I don't look like the rest. How? You don't have an axe. Ah, well, you see, I'm a... He has to search his, his mind for the word for a second, so it's kind of like he goes a little blank. Doctor. Huh. Not much need for weapons. What if you need to take something off? I've got my own methods for that. <laughs> Opens up his pack. I've got a saw here! I've got these really nice shears! <laughs> yeah, see, kind of. I him imagining you, like, laying someone's half-damaged leg over the edge of a table and just leaning on it until it breaks or something. Okay. <laughs> Just twist until it pops off, you know? <laughs> I've got my medical tools on my back, you see, and just kind of throws his shoulder and it rattles. Uh-huh. He, he plays with his fingers over, like, the little fire brazier beside him. Like, he's waiting for you to say something that means anything. <laughs> so, I had a question for you. Those dogs that have been walking around the streets, what are they called? <laughs> This is me laughing. So he just shrugs and says, dogs. They don't have a specific breed? They're war dogs. They're all war dogs. Do you have one? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, If that wasn't clear, he's sitting next to one. Oh, okay. Can I uh, take a look at it? Your dog. You're standing right there. Woof. He's (laughs) going to reach out for the dog and hopefully not get his face bitten off. 
Does your dog bite? Did <laughs> <laughs> you see the nearer you get, he gets this slow grin on his face as if he's waiting for something? <laughs> Is your dog friendly to strangers? No, he's a war dog. That would explain it. <laughs> Where did you get him? Well, I bred him, of course. It's what we do. There are companions. See, they must be quite the companion. Well, it is handy when you are in the deep and the demons come for you. Demons? Hmm, were you there when you... Yes, you were there when you met Bregor. Bregor referred to goblins as demons. So that's oh, what goblins. this guy okay. is. Well, they shouldn't be bothering you for at least a little while. I hope not. Is that why you're here? Partially. Do you fix goblins? Uh, I mean demons? Do I fix them? No. What use would... Oh, well. What, what did you mean by that? I'm sorry, this is the player having trouble understanding. Oh, yeah, no, it seemed like he had trouble for a second, like, understanding what you would be doing with the warriors. It doesn't seem to register on him that there might be a necessity for treatment of your own. <laughs> like, that seems alien to him. Okay, well, I'm going to try to explain the best I can. Uh, you see, sometimes when we fight those demons, some of my comrades get hurt. Yes, they were weak. <laughs> no, they're my friends. Well, you choose poor friends. Tell that to the prince. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean Lord Rob? No. Our leader calls himself the prince. It's oh. the quirk he has. There's a, oh, there's a prince here. I don't think that bodes well. Possibly not, but I leave the politics to the others. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the throne room. <laughs> you hear the clash of politics. People. Politics is a very loose term, and term. <laughs> when it comes to fan just say. <laughs> well, politics. I mean, I'm going to chop off your head. Of yeah, your friends are leaving you behind. Ah, uh, so they are. I probably should follow them, but I would like to know how much would it cost me to get one of those uh, dogs. Mm. He looks to the dog and looks to you, and then he shrugs and says, I'm sure if you could entertain the breeder over over there. And he points across from, uh, like, through the street, across the little opening further ahead to, uh, like, the open doors of a, of a little hall. You can hear barking, and you can, you can see dogs, like, younger versions of these dogs, like, uh, uh, running out and in, and there was some, like, a, a gaggle of, of uh, red-painted humans there. You know what? I'm going to actually go over there. Okay, so you don't let him stop. Uh, I mean, uh, like, finish. You just turn around no, and no, go. No, 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 no. No, I will let him finish, but I'm just saying, as a character, he's probably going to go yeah, over okay. there and leave okay. behind. <laughs> so, well, if you entertain the breeder, maybe, maybe that will gain you a dog. That's not a bad idea. Thank you. You're welcome. Also possibly not used to a dwarf thinking somebody. <laughs> no, we're used to dwarfs beheading us. <laughs> so he's going to um, wave goodbye and give the dog a look and uh, head over towards where the guy pointed. Give the dog a bone. Um, okay, go ahead. Just hopefully not an arm bone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, this watchman comes wandering over since you have uh, strayed from the rest. And he grabs you briskly by whatever clothing you have. 
and he shoves you in the direction of the dwarves, and he says, don't fall behind. Okay, so obviously I'm going to have to get away from this guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to be following him then. And Well, he's actually he's looking at you and expecting you to... He's behind you now, right? So so he's expecting you to go in the direction of the rest. He's hurting. Okay, I'm going to go in the direction of the rest. All right, you, you don't do anything? I don't say anything. He's taller than me. He's stronger than me. You know what? He's going to look up, all the way up, at... Um, I wanted to, to visit the uh, dog breeders. Well, that is not what I've been told. You are to go to a quarter. You are to eat and drink and wait for your prince. All right. I'll just have to sneak out when he's in the quarter. <laughs> All right. Okay, in that case, you know, you follow the rest and you you get to a, like, quartering, like a half-empty quartering hall. It, like, has, like, the central hall where the dwarves meet and make merry normally. Uh, and then there are, like, side rooms and, uh, like, a, a big room further on ahead. In the center, you can see, uh, like, people have laid out some very sparse, like, furs, and there's bits of straw in, in the corners and here and there. Uh, and in the center, where usually there would be, like, a long fire pit, there's just been heaped in the middle a bunch of dwarven furniture, uh, most of which have already been burned, and there's sort of a slow fire in the middle. And you can see this, like, the back of an ornate dwarven chair, lovingly carved and lacquered, that you know, sticking out from uh, the midst of um, firewood. And, oh, yeah. Ooh, I get, a thousand, I get a thousand gold pieces on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> the dwarves you are with, through me and and the rest, are like, they're clearly not very happy. Like, the you know, they're looking over how their stuff has been treated, and the dwarven arts and crafts and stuff is handled by these humans. But yeah, they don't raise a fuss or anything. Sit down in, in, in clumps of like six, five or six and, and like open up their little peer reserves and give humans an evil eye, right? And the humans set up a, like a little guard post outside. So we're in like a, like what, 10 foot by 10 foot room? You're in a pretty spacious hall. Like imagine being, being inside four buses, two abreast. Like, that's about the space of the main hall. And then there are side rooms to each side. Oh, In the okay. middle of this, like, thing is the, the like, the, the makeshift fire. Hmm. I wonder if those halls lead anywhere. Which part of the this little encampment is being guarded? Oh, the, uh, the main entrance, which is really the only entrance. Door entrance, I should say. Who am I with? You are with Froomey and a bunch of scouts and a few axe bearers that came with uh, Fandral and the rest. All right, can I pull one of the axe bearers aside when we get settled? Sure, absolutely. Okay, what's his name? Uh, let's say you grab Froomey. He's maybe not an axe bearer, but a scout. But, you know, he's probably better to ask for stuff anyway. How are you doing, Froomey? If you're asking if I'm well, I'm well. But I must say I'm not too happy about these savages. Rooting around and destroying our stuff. Neither am I, but they do have some beautiful qualities. Like what? You see the size of their dogs? They're just big goblins. You put a dog's load or a shaft in the middle between the eyes, I'm sure they go down just like a troll. I'm thinking a little more along the lines of keeping one. Well, why would you do that? They look dangerous. Exactly. Waiting for him to put two and two together. It's probably going to take a moment. <laughs> a human. Um, no, not a human, a dog. No, no, I'm reading the chat. I'm sorry. 
he he's yeah not enamored with the idea clearly. I think you should stick with just your surgeon tools and maybe keep a pet rat or something. Let look. You could give it your cures, and if it if it dies, you know it's wrong. Look for me. What is his? What is Froomey's greed? If I would know it. What do you mean? Like his idiom? What he's into? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. He's not a big power person, so pretty much everything else is is. Oh, okay. So here's what I'm going to offer you. Well, get together with your compatriots and cause a uh, scene enough so I can slip out the back. I'll make it worth your while. Hmm. What kind of, what, what, what are we talking about? Well, what's a female dwarf name? Ella. <laughs> there you go. Ella, okay. I know you've been eyeing Ella back in camp. Well, that's not true. I just, I just have to take that road when I go to Privy. Really? Six times a night? I had a lot of ale, okay? Leave me alone. What would you say if I could get her to look at you back? You could do that? I could. How? Oh, she's one of my patients. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm not sure I want you to give her something. That would be on. That wouldn't. I wouldn't give her anything. Simply, <laughs> um, talk you up a bit. Next oh. time she comes in, tell her how strong and brave you are, how you protected me. Not extortion yet, but there could be extortion on the way. Well, okay, if you were to spread that he likes her, maybe he would be annoyed, but yeah. Horse persuasion. B2. What can I fork in? Uh, Speed-wise. Speed-wise. Haggling? I am essentially haggling. Well, all right. You sound like a right oof kill. <laughs> I wish Oofkill was here. He would help you with this. Okay, so I get two. I'll give her a good beer. <laughs> Tell her you gave it to her. I get four, yeah? You have two and two forks, so that's four, yes. Would you like to spend any persona? Although I'll give you a vantage die for, like, giving him something you want. For tagging his greed for his desire. So you have okay. five, uh, and then you can decide whether five. you want to add something. Yeah, I'll add a persona. You can add up to three if you really want to succeed. I do. If you succeed, he's going to, you know, uh, create a distraction. If you don't succeed, the distraction is going to go poorly, and you're going to get caught, or if it's more fun, you're going to get into a chase. I'm going to fork in three then, persona. So that's eight dice, I think. Eight dice versus an old four. I think you have four successes, right? Okay, so he strides down among the, the rest of the dwarves, and he sort of fishes out uh, one of the half-burned stools or something, and uh, he starts to rile them up and while sort of winking at them about how it's the Travis the other being treated this way, and, and now they're corralled into a, a little more than a cell and, and uh, making a, an awful lot of racket, as dwarves are wont to do. And so a bunch of the humans, like four or five of them, spill into the hall and start to try to calm things down. So this is totally the, the distraction you need, to either slip out the front or the back. Your choice. I will slip out the back. There's a chance them seeing me. Right. right. You'll have to crawl through one of the somewhat narrow window embrasures in the back, but that's fine. I'm a dwarf. It's not a problem. Well, you may have to, you know, suck in your gut, but that's fine. Okay, so you, you squirm out and land in the, like, uh, one of the narrower streets behind the hall. It's empty. No one particular around. It's uh, dark and dirty. All right, so judging by where we came in, where is the breeder's place? Sounds like a hold-wise test. Ugh, I don't even have one. I still wanted to get lost in Scoria. <laughs> 
Sounds like a movie. Lost in Scoria. <laughs> it was a seminal novel by one of Gotterdam's ancestors. You don't have that. That means you can you can test it at beginner's luck. So write it down. Uh, write it down under learning skills, just like orienteering. And Holdwise is based on perception, which I think you have a decent score in. Okay, so you're going to have six dice, and the obstacle is going to be two, which is then going to be doubled to uh, four to find your way back successfully. It's going to count as a routine test toward opening the skill. So you can write that down right away. If you succeed, you get there, no problem. If you fail, I think you are horribly lost and somewhere you didn't want to go. Okay, you have five successes. That's really good. Oh, man. I was, so, I was so hoping that Slate would end up lost in the throne room. <laughs> Me too. Well, I'm not in the throne room, but, you know. <laughs> okay, you have absolutely no problem whatever. You know, you just to follow your nose, I guess. Before you know it, you're standing outside the uh, the quested um, kennel, for lack of a better term. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are these uh, bare-chested, puffy-panted kennel masters corralling the dogs or playing with them or, or throwing them treats or, or uh, you know, directing them to do stuff. Some of the treats are goblin arms. Well, it's mystery meat. You never know where it may be from. Do I have anything I could get one of the puppies' attentions with? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, do I have any tidbits in my, like, satchel or something? I think we established that you may have had some jerky or, or something, small nibble-type things that you might chew on while while you're out on, you know, expedition. I'm going to be polite and knock on the door. Oh, oh uh, they're, like, inside and outside in the street, so you could, you could approach someone. But if you want to go and, like, knock on the door post, essentially, because the, the doors are open... I want to be polite, so... Okay. Yeah. In that case, there's a, a somewhat burly dude shows up with a, a couple of dogs around his legs and looks you over and looks very surprised. What do you want? Actually, I was interested in your dogs. <laughs> I'm here to see a man about a dog. I think we should cut to someone else. We'll see, we'll see how this goes. Whether you get your dog or the entirety of Scoria descends into a murderous chaos. <laughs> I know what I want. That'd be but... fun either way. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I think, I think he looks genuinely surprised and amused when you say that, and that's when we cut off to um, back to Cam. Last we saw, Rory had run off, Bear had gone after him. I put Athelbald in charge of, of getting, getting everything ready, and then I went over back to Thor, Thor and see how he's doing. You know, whichever of the dwarves, you know, whatever, whichever name he had who survived, you know, they're, they're so so alike. One of them survived, one didn't. We mixed up the names, whatever. The surviving yeah, dwarf. I think we, I, who will call I think we decided, I think we decided that Kim is dead and Forrest is all bandaged up. But for we know when we undo the bandages, it's, it's Kim. All right. Yeah. So, so you were over in the triage having a drink yeah. and looking over the mysterious dwarf. Yeah, I think he's got one in, in there now because I think uh, Scully's been released on his own consciousness as near. He's no, Scully's oh, no, no, no. Scully was was mortally wounded. He is really. Well, that's right. Yeah, he's scowling at you know, silently with his one unbandaged eye, bloodshot eye, across the entirety of the triage. I yeah, you know, I look over him and nod and say, "Yeah, right, Scully. <laughs> I've not been doing my job as I should." It's a low ground. Tone Bones is there and, and sort of doing a perfunctory checking on the patients, so to speak. So the, the injured. But apart from Scully, they're not too badly burned or injured. Stone Bones, do you, have you taken on apprentices before? You, you mean before Slate? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Slate, I mean, Slate's doing fine, I think. Well, I considered it for a time, but uh, they were all hopeless. So I was a bit disconcerted, and but then Slate came along, and you know how it is. You know, you have an epiphany. And Your master, how, how did he treat you? Sip, taking a sip of my beer. This is an interesting <laughs> mode of inquiry. He looks like he's chewing on the answer, and then he says, "I'm." I'm don't think much of it. I mean, did he, uh, did he berate you and beat you, or did he uh, encourage you? Or I mean, I knew how Paul treated me, and it was. Oh, I'm just wondering if we had been if we've been too hard on apprentices or something. I don't know. You may have a point. I, I, if if I'm to confess, I I must confess that I was certainly cruelly treated. Kept up late at night, told to clean this and clean that, or in your case, bandage that and bandage it and empty the pot. Yes, 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 that. Totally not simple, that. <laughs> oh, here's a fun, fun bit. Why don't you test perception, Ophel, and see if you actually pick up that Stonebones maybe didn't have an, uh, a formal education in this regard. Ooh. Let's make it in. Let's make it his will. Okay, so four. Obstacle four. I had six in perception. I only got one persona. I ain't spending that. So yeah, right. I'll just go for the six. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll spend a. I'll spend a fate and roll that six. Oh, nice. I, I matched. Good so. four. Okay, so somewhere in in his behavior, you seem to note that he's not entirely honest about what he's saying. Hmm. Sip. Makes a little awkward cough and pats himself down for some instrument that he needs for checking on one of the dwarves. See, because he's had slate for a while, but I mean, he's not the only healer. I mean, in in uh, from from Moria. From Moria. <laughs> not Moria. Marl. From he was not the only healer from Marl. He's the only one that signed up with us. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was probably the one who flint. You know that that day way back when, when you had a little riot in in Marl and and you needed to. That's right. I yes, Bruna maybe. I think that was him as well. It seems like a, it seems like a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. it's only been a week, <laughs> been two weeks. Well, I, I sort of shrug it off. That's something to investigate later. Sit back and I look down, and yeah, I can hear like. We gotta think it better, but I gotta, I gotta find some way of doing it. Choking my beard, then the little torch appears above my head. Hmm, I have an idea. We got new beginnings. We got a new start there, Frar. We're, we're going to start. We're going to start anew. Don't worry. We'll take good care of you. Take care of my lad there, Stonebones. Always do. I gotta see some folks about uh, about the Nog. So I go walking over there, and then I, I sort of stand out, stand outside, watching Athelbald. Bald. How how well is he doing it? Up until very recently, he was one of the people who were being the slacker. Yeah, yeah, pushed yeah. around, so to speak. Now he's up and doing his thing, and the others are like, "Oh, he can't sit around." And then he's sort of <laughs> one of them in in a greater sense than Rory. So that helps. Yeah, I hate to say this, but you know, sometimes people who've been bullied become bullies themselves. Oh yeah. Basically, is he doing it the oof kill way? Uh, not Lots yet. of yelling and... Give him a few days or a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Some more of your teaching. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, may, I may change that. I come walking over. How's it going, Athelbad? Bald? Applebad? Hello. <laughs> I can't say. Athelbald. He looks up all practically done already. I look around. Is it practically done already? Yeah. I slap in the back. Good job. Well, to be fair, you're... We had it all 
almost under control before. Well, with a little bit maybe done, you got you got it done right. Slap I I'm not even gonna look and see if he did do it right. All right. <laughs> which, which for me is unusual. Draws himself yeah. up and hoists his belt. That'd be just a bit, but I may be calling you over in a sec in a second or so. So you know what? Take it easy, lads. Draw a beer and uh, rest up for the for the trip back in, into Scoria. All right. So he turns around and goes, you Rich, <laughs> No, 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 no. You understand? That is totally out of character for, for Ufkel. He's telling them, take it easy. But then you just told him that, well, He okay. did a good job, yes. I mean, Ufkel is being different right now. It should, it should be people going, is he testing us? <laughs> <laughs> I think Athelbald thinks he deserves it, so he goes, you know, turns around. But, uh, yeah, among the rest, they're like, are you sure? Should we be doing this? I nod and, just, and head off toward where uh, Rory's little encampment, him and his, yeah, I'm going to say three, even though it technically it's four, because Bear is his fourth, is his other apprentice. But, yeah, is his little group there. And right. uh, Do I hear sobbing or crying? No, or, no, no. The, they're sort of sitting uh, <laughs> next to each other, and, and she's sort of patting his shoulder and talking to him, and the other hand is sort of making a fist and sort of making punchy gesticulations to sort of suggest that, you know, you need to hit this home and you need to hit that home and so forth. Yeah, I see her switch from distance away and then I sort of turn around and walk back and I see that Athelbald's having his beer and I grab two more mugs in my own mug and fill them up and say, Athelbald, come with me. Um, Don't mind if I do. I walk on over and I clear my throat. (laughs) All right, they look up. Oh, I make sure I pull from Rory's keg. The one that didn't quite succeed? It wasn't bad. It was just not your quality. Uh, hopefully he'll notice that I'm actually giving him okay. his okay. beer, not my beer. Hand over, and I found a kick to sit down and a gesture for Athelbad to sit down, too. Athelbald. Athelbald. Athelbad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce his That's name. That's fine. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> that, would, that would be hilarious if you, if you actually like, kept doing that. That won't piss him off at all. I've had a thought, lads. And 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 ladies, we're moving into Scoria, and we're going to need to set up set up some breweries. And heaven help me, you three are my best are my best apprentices. <clears throat> well, they sort of clear their throats, or or sort of draw themselves up, selves up proudly, or watch you intently as if you know you're going to put them down next or something. And I point to uh, Rory, and I point to Athelbald, and say, "You two are better than those guys over there. You know that. I know that." Rory's bearing you, Athelbald. You know that, too. But I'll tell you one thing, and I point to Bear. She's better than both of you. They look at her like she's stolen something. She learned from her mother how to brew her beer. I would say if it wasn't in fact she was in regular, she'd be a journey, journeyman right now. Keep that in mind. And by the way, welcome to the guild, journeyman Bear. She lights up. Well, thank you, Master Ulfkel. Now, we're going in there, and you know what? I'm going to need competition. Because if it's just one brewer, you end up making crap after a while. Because there's no competition. There's no reason to do better. So I'm looking at it, it, all four of you, and you'll be getting your own breweries. You, you got to prove yourself some more before I, before I give you one apple bolt. But, you know, <laughs> keep working and you get your own brewery. Because, you know, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be putting up with this shit from me if it wasn't that you didn't like brewing beer. You didn't want to be a brewer. Am I right? Of course I do. Right. Now, the reason I brought you over here is that while brewing beer is all fine and good, I'm the only Naga here. And you may have helped once or twice with the Nogs I've done. I'm the only Naga here. So I'm putting out an offer to you, because this is not a light thing to do. I'm offering you Naga apprenticeships. 
<laughs> Ethelbald looks at you, crosses his arms and goes, and will you be teaching nogging like you teach brewing? Guys, help me, but no, I'm going to try to do something different. Less yelling. Well, there'll be some yelling because there'll always be some yelling for me to know that. <laughs> but more, you know, trying to understand what's not working right. You got that? <laughs> I think that sounds very wise, Bastel Kelsey's uh, bear. And uh, Rory's nodding. Rory, I. What? What? You? You're not me. No. And I'm not. And I should. And I should not be making you me. You have your own way, and you need to work out what your way is. All right. No, no, no. Not all right. Not all right. Uh, yes. <laughs> This is this vein starting to show up in her kills for Captain's beer and drink, takes, a, takes a big cloth of it. And they do the same, because, you know, now you drank. One, two, three, four. <laughs> what I'm meaning is you, I made you a journeyman. You are your own brewer now. So you do it however you want to do it. If you want to be nice to your apprentices, be nice to your apprentices. If you want to Kick their asses? You can kick their asses, but don't do what I do. <laughs> he looks supremely confused, like, but you are the master brewer. Oh, I, 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 think I, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. Do what you do, but don't do what you do. Yes? And what does that, and what does that mean? Uh, brew like you, don't teach like you. That sounds good. The other's not. We're, we're going to a new place. And we are going to be starting brand new, afresh. All you will be in the new Scoria Brewers Guild. But we are going to set new rules, new ways of doing things. We're not going to make repeat the mistakes of the past. My mistakes of the past. Oh, that's big of you. So yes, I Ethelbald. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he sure himself, you know. One thing we need to do, though, because we are going and opening up at least one new brewery, and hopefully... Three more after this. We need to do a special nog. We need to do the nog of beginnings. And I don't think you've ever done one, because it's only done in one case when you make and start a new noggery. We have the materials for that, says Bear. Everything but the most important ingredient. We don't have any eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Eggs represent the beginning, a new birth, and preferably fertilized eggs. If there's, a, if there's one floating inside, we'd let that hatch and grow up. But yeah, it's got to be fertilized, but not more than just a spot. I don't know where we can get get any, but we need to make one. We can get everything else ready to go. And I'll be trying a new way of teaching you. So if I make mistakes, let me know. I mean, I'll be honest about that. Let me know if I'm making mistakes teaching you. Point out to me what I'm doing wrong. I'll yell at you, but then I'll sit back and think about it. Because, you know, I want you to learn and not just be intimidated by me. Yeah, next episode of the Chicken Hunters, yeah. <laughs> Rory, you know, there's some chickens living in Scoria right now. I wouldn't count on it. That's probably what Rory said. Like, where are we going to get the chicken? Yeah, because from your perspective in the camp, it's a desolate, barren place. <laughs> that's not where you would raise a chicken. Hi, that's a good question. We could go to the surface, and we may have to treat with the humans. We do know that there may be some humans running here someplace. So we got to go with them and, you know, and uh, see if they're willing to trade with us. Hmm, okay. Before you sort of launch into this uh, grand plan of achieving a chicken, I think you, you're selling it pretty well. So I'm going to give you a bonus die. but 
I think I want to like, like get at something. Just okay. how well you. I know because the person I have to sell the most is, is Ethelbald. He's going to be the weak link, potentially actually one of the bad brewers because he is well. He's got his own opinion. Basically, he's he's a mini me. You know, I, I don't. I don't think you you have any big problems getting bear, like you say, getting bear or Rory, Rory to like go for brewing yeah. in their own ways. I think it's more that you need to bring him into the the guild thing. He is already under oh. your command, yeah, yeah. Speak, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's, a, he's he's been apprentice. Yeah, if you know how apprenticeship works back worked back then, he's more or less my servant. Yeah, but I look at him. If you do well in the in the, in the making the nog. I consider, you know, promoting you to a journeyman there, Athelvold. That sounds like some kind of persuasion. So that'd be a coarse persuasion, because that's the only thing I can do. Um, Anything else can I toss in there? Their greed, because you are offering them big cheese. Yeah, I'm I'm offering them to to become not only brewers, but noggers. We become the new priesthood. I mean, they're they're probably going to be on board anyway, but but he's the yeah. sort of person you need to really convince. You, you, certainly, you're teasing his his power yeah. greed there. Speaking of greed, this is a case because I'm seriously thinking about tapping, you know, about getting you know competition. But the competition will help me spur to be better at, at crafting better beers, which sounds like I'm tapping into my greed for craftsmanship yeah. or something. You mean? Yeah. And also, if I can sell more beer than they can, I get wealthy too, wealthier too, because it's also part of my greed. Fair, fair enough. I'll let you tap that if you want. The obstacle is going to be four. I'm giving you a bonus for tapping the greed, for tapping his greed. And by tapping into my greed, how much can I get? Uh, you can tap as much as you have for one person. Yeah, yeah. All right. One persona, now tap it for the full greed. Five. Oh, wow. Okay. So that means... Because I... Nine. Nice. Ooh. One, two, three, four. I match. Do I get any benefits if I uh, pop those sixes? Uh, in the case of convincing, not really. No. He begrudgingly sort of nods. You can, you can see that part of the begrudging bit is a bit of a show because there's that glee mm-hmm. in his eye that yeah. you know. I'll show this old fart I can do better than he can. Not only that, <laughs> like, uh, you know, oh, he's giving me an in and I could have oh, so much power. <laughs> <laughs> you sell that thing, and then one of Roar's messenger dwarves uh, shows up, and he sort of looks around and sees you sitting there having your little council, and he wanders over and says, Ah, uh, Ulkel, uh, Roar wants you to come immediately. There's there's something you must uh, see. Yeah, yeah, you folks, you know, talk among yourselves. I'll be back. All right. I get up and I, head up and I follow the, the, the little dwarf. He's like, like three foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three foot two, I don't know. He's, he's a little dwarf. <laughs> Uh, you reach like the outskirt of the encampment uh, that uh, looks upon mm-hmm. the, the north tunnels. You kind of encamped in the underway. I, I keep forgetting, uh, which goes down yeah. toward um, toward the doom gates. So it's sort of facing toward the doom gates. And yeah, Roar is is standing there with two dwarfs you haven't seen before. One of them is this sort of stately looking, military looking woman. Kind of, she has the kind of the same bearing as Roar, and mm-hmm. the other appears to be her sergeant or second. And they have. Like different colors, and uh, their armor has like odd pieces in it. What looks like lacquered wood or something, mm. but also mail and other stuff. I, I've never seen these folks in Brekia before, so I have no idea if that's Brekia style or not. <laughs> I mean, as far as you oh. from your significant other, this whole wood, yeah. wood. We don't work with wood. That's bit odd. Uh, you can see, you can see uh, stone bones is coming up as well. A breast. I tap, I tap the messenger guy. I say. Eh. 
Run back to the uh, brewers and tell them uh, send a keg. All right, all right. He first, you know, runs you up to uh, Roar and Roar turns and it's clear that he doesn't like you very much, but you're certainly part of the expedition. He's not going to let that stand in, in the way of making appearances, right? Especially uh, towards mm-hmm. from another place. So he nods as if you are like uh, an, something an important, valued member of this expedition. I will be when the keg shows up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to the other other two. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, if I had known, we had yes, I brought a cake with me. I'm getting one right now, though. I'll go good thinking of Kelsus. Or <laughs> he um, says, uh, "This is this is our brew master, and this is this is our surgeon." Mm-hmm. And the other dwarfs sort of nod at him, and Stomos doesn't look terribly like excited Happy? about this. Like he looks <laughs> almost a little like he doesn't want to be there. Uh, and they so I you and uh, they say, "Well, Ulfkill." Stone Bones, mm-hmm. is that a nickname? And, you know, Stone Bones just grunts, uh, affirmative. The woman sort of, uh, taps her plated chest and goes, I'm, I'm Hingrid. This is Thod, my advisor. We come on behalf of the Princess Fena of Brekia. Now that I've probably heard of. Nope, nope, you have not. Okay, well, we do the, we actually, do the actually we that do should, that should totally be a test. Yes. You are right. All right. It should be a test. Because we do do trade, it, has, it just has to go to the human lands. Yeah, to get there. you may totally have heard something. Clan history, it could be uh, clan wise. Um, I have clan history. I have a learning skill clan history, which means we're well, double. double. I think the obstacle would be three, so uh, it would become a six. Six. I can't fork anything in, and then I don't have any persona left. So, yeah, it would be a straight uh, six. But it does count toward racing clan history. Anybody that's with him help? Not really. Okay. I'll pop a I don't, I don't just see any, to, anyone sort of hopping in to his private little consultation here. I'll pop that six. I only get four, so I don't make it. Hmm, okay. Yeah, maybe you've heard of her. And uh, maybe it was Frinja. You're not sure. Yeah, if it was about the breweries in Breck, yeah, I can name them off of, off my yeah. fingers. But Yeah, because that's what you remember. There was, there was a brewer called Fena, <laughs> but wasn't that like 200 years ago? Like something like that. So unfortunately, you were at a disadvantage. And uh, Hindred says, we are curious to find other dwarves in the vicinity of the old Scoria hold. And, well, on our princess's orders, we have come to ascertain your intention. And Ruar's like, well, it is not for me to say what our glorious and illustrious Prince Fandral has for uh, intention for uh, the great hold, save that um, there are intentions. You can clearly see that he's struggling at this sort of diplomatic thing that is very not crushing goblins. I feel better now. I know that he's got problems, too. <laughs> <laughs> but right about then, your apprentices come the sh- over with a keg. Yes. Do our guests have their battle mugs with them? Yeah, I think they have something. Take the mugs and start topping them up and hang out, hang out the beers. Being personable. Okay. Uh, well, here's, here's the good relations between our, to our, two, our two peoples. Speaking of which, says uh, the sergeant uh, thought, who he's sort of bald up top and has sort of three-parted beard, and he says, um, it would be a show of good faith to let us see how you are doing, how you fare in the camp. Perhaps we can offer some assistance in turn if we see that you are in need. Roars. You can see roars like, they're probably spicer, but he looks sort of to you and Stonebones as if, like, what do I do? 
I don't want to say the infamous, we have nothing to hide. <laughs> Wouldn't be a bother to take him on a little tour. We can serve him more beer on the way. Oh, dear ah, God. You, you can see him lit up now, uh, Roar, like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Bring more beer. Uh, and there's that oh, emphatic. In fact, that's my instinct, I have, which I've never touched, which I never tapped to get me in trouble. But you know what? I'm going to try to get these two drunk. <laughs> Because we never saw anything without beer first. Well, you did. You brought beer. So <laughs> trying to figure how they invoked that instinct to get me in trouble. Uh, maybe an overdrink. Uh, you too much. More drunk <laughs> than the visiting dwarves. I'm learning drunking too, aren't I? Oh yes, you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's take him on. Let's take on a magical mystery tour of the. Uh, you know, oh, your, your mug's kind of low. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Tommy, you could, you could engage in drunkening and go. So let's see how brekkier dwarves drink and and that kind of thing if you want. Well, as you walk along, they have forever, forever full mugs. Do you want it to get it? To get you in trouble? The way you get me in trouble is that I'm being kind of obvious about it. Well, you are impulsive, and you may be obvious about yeah. it, yes. It may be that Roar doesn't want to be worse than the others. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. be the, the second to a, a breaking dwarf, so he mm-hmm. might drink extra much. So he's going to try to match some beer for beer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that will mean he's not paying attention to what they're doing. Yep, sounds like a plan. Okay, so he gets very wet. You yourself yes. probably become somewhat... Drunken yes. roll. Absolutely. Let, let's let's make it a drunken roll. Let's make it a drunken roll against your will. Actually, that's a bit cruel. Let's let's make it uh, against war uh, <laughs> to see if if you can like stay sharp enough. Yeah. So uh, so actually, it's a two then. You're just saying no. Or if it's a four. A oh, four, oh, oh right. That becomes an eight. Well, it's an eight then. That means that it's either a will or a fort test, right? If you make it will, then then uh, it will go toward raising your drunken. I'll make it a will test okay. to keep myself. So six dice versus well. four. All right. Keep your uh, your wits about you. Uh, I got three. I'll pop that. Uh, so yeah, you. Roar. You roar. Oh, that's yes. very throw our privy stuff. Like <laughs> you, you get so incredibly wasted. You haven't been this drunk in forever. Like you seem. Everything uh, swimming. I think, uh, you know, Stonebones forgets his, his sort of taciturnity. Uh, for a while, he and Thod are sort of merrily uh, staggering along, singing like an old song. Right, bolt songs, of yes, course. Yes, Roar is equally, completely drunk. And you both miss the fact that Hingrid is totally eyeing everything. How many dwarves do you have? What is your, your stock situation? Who is possibly missing? All that stuff. Counting tents and realize there's more tents than there should be than yeah. there were. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to add trouble to that, this is where you talk about your great plans for Scoria. Yeah. We're going to go to the old, uh, was it Ironwood or Iron? No, 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 says Roar. We're going into Scoria, and, and we're going to break it open. We're going to throw out all the bastard humans, and we're going... And he goes off on this huge rant where he's... Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to open up the best damn noggery in all of dwarf, dwarfdom. Right, and when you say That's that, right, he, forgets, yeah. he forgets his train of thought, and he starts to say <laughs> that we're the best brewer ever, and you, you, you know, the blow the pants of any brekkia brew anywhere, and... I love you, man, and I give him a hug. Uh, of course, he says I love you too, right? And, uh, <laughs> just in the background, your apprentices are all like, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> Someone's poisoned him." <laughs> <laughs> you 
there's something wrong with Master Wolfgale. He's being nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is there anything like quick we want to do in the last 15 minutes? I'd like to do something before I forget after, you know, if we break awesome, for another awesome. couple then months. Let's do that. <laughs> I want to walk over to Bregor. Bregor, Rom's gone. He led your people poorly. He made poor choices. Help me find a new path for your people. Go to Lady Valari. Tell her I need to speak to her here on important matters and be quiet about what's happened here. Persuasion. That's totally persuasion. I think it's against the three. He's totally in a fragile position right now. Can I fork in, like, uh, oratory? Or... Uh, that would be more toward a crowd, right? Uh, yeah. Do you have, see what you have? Intimidation. Uh, yeah, sure. Also throw in uh, persona. Well, if he's going to do the intimidating thing, maybe I won't let him up. Uh, you could use etiquette, right? You, you're, you're kind of invoking the, the pecking order and so forth. Yeah, you could sing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a skill that never get used. Version, but we have the, the post-murder uh, duet. <laughs> All right, then that would get me up to nine. I've had bad luck, but maybe that'll work. Others will go. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are the king of, of, of traitors. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> His eyes are roomy, and he's, you know, totally shaking, but he nods and draws himself up to some semblance of his former self, and he, he staggers down the steps to do your bidding. Mm-hmm. With the sm- slamming of the gates down below, though, you have a feeling that somebody already knows. We want to deal yes. with that now, or when? That's, that's too big to deal with yeah. now. Okay, well, I, th- I think then it's Arta time. Well, I think it's safe to say this was a supporting episode for uh, Flint, and that's okay. But, okay, well, let's start with Flint. I, I, you totally had Fandal's uh, back, so take a persona. Yay! I don't see anything other huge that I could award you for this uh, time. And I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hop on over to Slate and the uh, al- almost dog, almost puppy. Totally get a fate for, for uh, wrangling your way to the puppy kennel. No real persona as yet. Only one fate to push you harder next time. Or in the future, let's go to our prince. Certainly got the human off your throne. Yeah. You're, you're, I, I'd say uh, that's a persona. I'd give you a fate for, for needing to end human control of Scoria. That, that's in pro- progress. I, I give you a fate for being in the process of restoring your family prestige as well. How about uh, greed? How, how does that factor in? Does, does it go up a notch? Or? Yeah, my greed is going to go to seven because I tapped it. Yeah. For... So just erase all your, all your tests. Erase greed to B7. A wonderful B7. You are now just as greedy as Torir, who is incredibly greedy. Okay, let's see about uh, Ovkel. Uh, I'd say you should get a persona for getting all everyone together in a journey, okay. journeyman apprenticeship uh, league or guild. I, I think it, I should award you a fate for it's in the process of, of getting them in to claim breweries, right? Consolidating your, your people. And do I get a fate for tapping my instinct to get to, to start things with beers? Uh, yes, yes. I'll, I'll give Handrel and uh, Ulf kill an embodiment persona. The whole dramatic stuff. And they go Ulf yep, kill especially, yep. uh, you know, like uh, uh, having an epiphany or something. Yeah. And, and getting people together and, and wrangling stuff. I think that, that is... That, that might be mold breaker, too. Yeah, I've tried uh, my instincts, 
<laughs> well, I'm talking about your teaching behavior. Well, I don't think it goes against his, his beliefs or instincts in that sense. It's a quirk of himself, but he's sort of attempting to... Mm-hmm. It's, it's not yeah. that, you know, he's torn between teaching them correctly or doing what Fandral says. It's Ufkel, you know, finding himself and realizing that, you know, I got a chance here to start and do something new. The only reason the rest of you are not getting a moment is you didn't have screen time for it. That's <laughs> the entirety of it. Okay, let's hop on over to Workhorse and MVP. Do you feel like anyone is deserving of Workhorse? Mm. Being the Andrew. Really? Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> workhorse is, is someone who has a particular piece of gear to make a scene go, having a skill to get the oh. other factor safely through danger, or just slaving away behind the scenes to make it all work. Well, in mm. some ways, I want to give it to Ulfkel, because he, cause he was the grand coordinator and alcoholic. Mm. Did get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, we don't know that. Do you, do you think Do you think it, it went beyond his personal well-being or personal ambitions, though? Like, do you think he did it because of you? Because I don't. <laughs> Not that I have a right to vote, but, you know. Yeah. If, if, if anything, I've gotten this probably into more trouble now. Flint is the one who, I guess, helped another player character in that. He's the only one, yeah, in the one instance. That's why I'm like... Yeah. Eh. Is your yeah. award, if you want to award Flint of Fate, uh, persona, sorry, a persona for workhorse, that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good for that. How about, how about the rest of you? Good for giving Flint a persona for workhorse? Yeah. Yep. All right. And I guess I'm the second. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, for MVP, it's the slate, right? <laughs> Vandrill. No, Vandrill. <laughs> I mean, he, he burned through a lot of stuff to be able to do what he, you know, basically take take what could have been another another sort of talking uh, talking to the guy on the throne to oh let's just just end it right I, now. I don't think there was any talking. <laughs> these two are just yeah. destined to butt heads. Yep, <laughs> or lose their heads. But the funny thing is, you know, because I do play this like a movie in my head. The, the, the actual fight between uh, Ram and Fandral takes a lot longer to choreograph because uh, I'm thinking of the balanced acts and everything like that, and it's almost swashbucklerish in my head. I'm talking flashing axes, sparks, inhumanly fast moves and parries. So Vikings. Very exciting stuff. All over, up and down the, the stairs. Over the broken, cracked steps and back against the throne. I, I hope you had fun, even though there were, was no ah. this time. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. definitely good to get back in the saddle. Yes. All right. Thank you for today, guys. Thank you. Uh, hey, yep. great. Thank you. Uh, how long have I been muted? <laughs> A long time. Oh, oh wow. Everybody take two drinks. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Not even his beliefs. That's... Random notes about his beard. Yeah. Last time I did tequila, I woke up in someone else's bedroom, and I was told I had used their used their uh, their um, uh, closet as a urinal. Now that's a party. Poor <laughs> people. All I'm addicted to is self gratulation. Oh, but you got to do that in the dark under the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that Dirk is wisely quiet. Well, what is he possibly going to add? I mean, <laughs> just exacerbate the madness. Just trying to figure out what parts of that I can cut out. <laughs> it's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. 
You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.